This episode of the I Needed That podcast sponsored by BetterHelp. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and they asked me about my own mental health journey. They actually asked me, when did I know it was time to talk to somebody? I thought about it for a second and I just said, you know, it was when I realized that it's not that something was wrong, but it was that something was different. The way I saw myself, the way I saw my relationship, the way I was thinking and the way I was acting. And it was just, I, I couldn't find my same groove. And for me, that was, that was the very first time that I just thought, okay, I, I, I need to talk to somebody about this. Chris, I think it's so awesome that you have that kind of awareness and and a lot of people will they'll have that moment of clarity and they'll be like you know it's time to visit with somebody and we just want to let you know that better help the world's largest therapy service uh which by the way is 100 online is a great partner of our i needed that podcast as a matter of fact you can get 10 percent off your first month at better help dot com slash I needed that. And we have a link in our show notes to check that out as well. But man, to anybody else, Chris, who's going to have that moment of clarity this week and decide they want to do something, we would 100% recommend starting their journey at BetterHelp. Get the link to BetterHelp in the show notes right now. Um, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about NeuroMints because they have literally become my thing. And I'm so happy that they're a sponsor of this podcast episode. I'm going to meetings now. Listen to me. Yeah, I know you think I'm crazy, but I'm going to meetings now and I have the NeuroMints and I'll open them up and everybody's like, ooh, can I have one? Ooh. And <laughs> and listen, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I can't say that it's the neuro mints legally that have that have caused a, a difference in how things are running but these meetings have been incredible <laughs> that's awesome well i'm i'm a fan of the formula they've done a really good job with mm -hmm. natural caffeine l-theanine b vitamins but um you know it's so funny so i started using them there's a little hack that i do with caffeine because your body starts to adapt to whatever it is that you, that you take on a regular basis and so right you know um my caffeine like my, my coffee after a while, it just it's not working like you used to. Then you can switch over to an energy drink. It's not working like you used to. When I switched over to the the neuromints or the neurogum, it's a different delivery. And so sure enough, I got that that big pop like right? I with the coffee. Yes. And so now it's in the rotation. So now as my body adapts to it, I can simply cycle around. And now so I've thrown it in my uh, in my regular caffeine rotation. Man, look at that. Try neurogum.com slash I needed that. Or again, in the show notes, guys, please hit the show notes, hit our link and enjoy a little kiss as you pick up some of their um, either mints or their gum. I know you love cinnamon. You've requested cinnamon gum. It's my jam, dude. It, it takes me back to the big red days. I don't know what it is like, but whenever Amen. I chew it, it like, I don't know, the memories come back from you know, seventh grade, eighth grade. I love it. Uh, finally, before we get to our podcast today, we want to let you guys know that we have a brand new partner that's just come to the table. We love these guys so much because Chris and I have been using their products since way before they ever expressed interest in being on the podcast. And I am in love with the balm. The balm is the bomb. Yes, dude. I'm in love with it. Just, I'm a formula guy. The, Quality ingredients, nothing's going to top that. But the smell, bro, the smell oh is my so gosh. good. It's like cinnamon, cloves. Oh. The kids love the smell on me also, actually. so it's, it's actually flavored with cinnamon, clove, and ginger. 
and and I've even said to people, I want to eat this stuff. So here, what are we talking about? We're talking about Zens and Antera Organics premium quality CBD products. These products are top notch, top shelf. Honestly, man, and I've tried a lot of CBD products, but this is a, a really high quality product, and I'm excited that they want to partner with us so that we can let people know about this CBD. It's awesome. Well, I, I've been using CBD since when it was controversial. Remember, it was like, oh my yeah. gosh, it came from the cannabis plant. But and of course, for me, it was kind of a sensitive thing, and I wanted to be very delicate about that. But the thing is, all the literature is it shows how incredibly effective this stuff is, and especially for me in the fitness world. It, it really helps as far as the reduction of inflammation, et cetera. So, wow. and like you said, you, you, you do the, the topical and, and the tincture. I'm all for it because I'm all about the systemic and then the topical as well. So wherever, you know, if I've just got a strained muscle or something like that, I'll just go I'll rub it in there, but I'm, I'm pushing the tinctures. I've been taking CBD for years. And then this is, this is the brand I've landed on just because again, quality of the ingredients and the smell is just, again, it's so good. Sometimes I'll go to the gym and I'll work out so hard just so I can put the balm on. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's a joke. I don't ever work out so hard. That's, uh, a joke. that's, that's, awesome. that's, that's funny. You can get 20% off your first purchase of Antara products. Code, I needed that at checkout. And again, guys, we're going to throw all the links in our show notes just to make it so easy for you. But please support these partners because they're supporting us and they're allowing us to grow this thing in a really kick butt and meaningful way, right? Absolutely. Okay. Shall we get to the podcast now? Let's go, dude. <laughs> I'm just stretching out for this episode, man. I'll join you. Roll to the left, to the yeah, right. There you go. A little beat drop. I mean, I needed that podcast. I can't hear the music, but I know it's playing. Yes, yeah, you, you know. know it's playing, don't you? That is the voice of Rachel, who uh, so many folks are going to get to know on today's podcast episode. And uh, I'll let you explain how we know Rachel in just one second. But first, welcome to episode 22. Yes, let's go. That, huh? Hard to believe, 22 episodes so far. We're having so much fun. Yeah, it's. I feel like we just kind of are finding our stride a little yeah. bit now. Agreed. Agreed. You agree? Yes, 100%. Okay. It's not to say that episodes one through 21 sucked, but they won't be as good as this one. Right. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> hey, and also we're still learning. We're still incorporating a few different things into the show just to give it that kind of variety and keep it that, that fresh and fun feel for you guys so we're uh it'll continue to evolve forever i think yeah i hope so man yeah. so we're gonna get into a deep dive today you're gonna do a thing on taste buds yeah help me understand that a little bit more well it's really important to kind of number one one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have when they're starting to make some changes in their diet is you know, a lot of people think they're like oh well i don't want to switch over to certain healthy foods because they taste bland there's a reason why and there's a reason to and, and not there and there's a way to overcome that because it's just a matter of time our taste buds change and I'm going to drop some stats when we actually do this deep dive so that you understand actually why over time so those, those healthy foods start to taste really good and it, it's it's going to totally make sense are you going to use the word palatable today I am as a matter of fact I use palatable and hyper palatable oh man my yes. two favorite words yes and it's important to understand those when we're talking about taste buds but also it's more than anything it's just to give people hope that's like hey you can make the switch and you're not going to feel deprived just give it a little bit of time and it's going to be delicious 
You're a good dude, man. I'm telling you. You're a good dude. I'm excited about this stuff because anyone who's been through it, they all they get it. They go, oh, yeah. And when you go back to that hamburger after you've made a few changes or they go back to the old fries that you're used to eating and you're like, oh, they're so greasy and salty. Mm. There's a reason why. And I'm not saying you, do, you shouldn't do it because absolutely, if it works for you, great. But nevertheless, I, it's important. I want people to understand why that happens. Okay. Yeah. So we'll get an understanding of that today when we get into our deep dive. What's up? We're going to play Name That Tune. We're going to maybe have some Would You Rather today. And most importantly, we're going to sit down with Rachel. Um, so let's bring her in right now just to let everybody know who's with us today. Because if you're watching the video version of this, you're looking, you're thinking, I don't, I don't know her. <laughs> who's this person crashing the podcast? Or you might recognize her if you watched our show, Extreme Weight Loss, from season five. The one and only Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. <laughs> yes. How are Good you feeling? Here. Nerves on a scale of oh. one to ten. Where are we at? A little nervous. I'm just. <laughs> I don't do this as often as you guys do, or at all. So, um, but I mean, it's, I'm glad to be here. Obviously, I, I know you guys. I love you guys. I love this podcast. So. I think that I have things to share that could maybe help people. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's why I'm here. We were all over it this morning. We were talking in the uh, kitchen, eating some peanuts and uh, just kind of downloading on life. And you said a couple of things that really got my attention that I hope you're ready to talk about today because I think they're going to help people feel really just that, that idea of being less alone. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, especially you've been through quite the journey. And, yeah. it, and it's not like, oh, you just went from A to Z and then the journey was over. It's yeah. like you went from A to Z, then back to D. Yeah. Then, uh, there's so. like that, there's that meme that shows like progress. People think it goes like this and it really goes like this. Yeah. Yes. yeah I mean, it's up and down and backwards and sideways, but like you, if you're, you know, you're getting up the mountain yeah. little by little, Absolutely. you do often slide back. And it, so, so do you want to um, play Name That Tune with us before we get into your sure. story? I, I love like, music. Let's kick off with like a okay. little bit of fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're going to need to uh, share a headphone with her really quick. Do you mind? Yeah, yeah, just, of flip it, just flip an ear like that or something. There we go. Old school Ready? style. Yeah. yeah. Old school style. Flip this one out. As, as, as usual, I'm going to give you the first second of the song. And if you guys can identify, you win nothing but your pride. <laughs> Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. Here we go. Oh, of course. Oh. If you want to take the ride on the Yep. So who's the artist? Hey, must be the money. Yep. Nelly. 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 And the song? Must be the money. Oh. No. Oh. If you ride, ride, ride with me? me? Yes. Yeah, ride oh, with me. Okay. <laughs> nice. He was on Dancing with the Stars, actually. He did a great job. Really? Yeah. Hey, shout out. Shout out to must Dancing be the money. money. Yeah, everybody knows that part. So Nelly, ride with me. Nice. Yeah, great job. Great job. Okay. Right. Okay. That was ready? a team effort. You got the artist. Okay. Here's mine. Ready? Yes. We just get the first. This the first clip. Here we go. Them, okay? Here we go. Don't don't look. All right. Hold on. Ready. Three, two, one. That's all I need. Oh. What is it? Can you take no. me? No. Oh, oh is it, um, so close. Is it harder to breathe by no. Maroon Five? No, no, no. It's definitely Creed. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 it's not. To be the number one with the bullet. I know yeah. you got it. Oh, got to talk it and pull it. Him and down, down. All right, cut us off or YouTube's going to flag us. Yep. Um, Who is it? Got Who is it? And pull it. I'm going downtown. I know it, but I don't. Right? Do you know the song, Rachel? I know the song. I don't know the name of the artist. I was actually thinking the other day I should... Uh, 
Shazam it. Can I say Shazam? So you can't get him pulled. That you you know all Damn, the lyrics. Damn man, what is the song? The song is Sugar. We're going down by Fall Out Boy. By Fall Out Boy. Damn, you just job. got it. Nice. Wow. Oh. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> no, all right, you got me good. on that one, man. You know what's oh. funny is you seem to stump the radio guy a lot. <laughs> and how many times did you play that song on the radio? Ten. Thousand times too many. Like I heard, I heard it ten thousand times on ninety six point nine. Oh man, yes. we played that song way too much. What kind of music do you like, Rachel? You know, I'm really into old school, like eighties and nineties R and B. I'm always going along. back. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'll listen to the new stuff, but I don't know. Lately, it's, it's been nineties R and B. Really? You know, or I like I love SWV, my 80s. like Jodeci, yeah, like Casey and Joe. All of it. Yep. Uh -huh. And Boys you know I love Neo. Oh yeah. Love you, Neo. You <laughs> love Neo. I love it. My favorite my favorite artist, let's tell you how eclectic it is, is New Kids on the Block, Neo and Poison. Mm. Doesn't wow. make sense. <laughs> that is an interesting trio. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give so that. It, I'm pretty much all over the place, and you know, I think having a career in dance, like so much background in dance, I love every music, every mm -hmm. kind of music. Because if I hear it, and I, I think of how I'd move to it or how I'd choreograph to it. So, what's some of the music that you we were we were listening to? Sirius XM right now has this channel called Road Trip Music, mm -hmm. and when we drove with the Flagstaff over the weekend to go skiing, we were listening to it and. I forgot the guy's name. It's like Hattelmeyer or something like that, but he did the song Axel F. Oh, yeah. And my wife, like, this goes, oh, I did a routine to that song. Oh, I bet. Oh, I did a routine to that song. Oh, I did a routine to that song. Do you have the same experiences? Exactly. Yeah, like like Salt and Pepper Push It. That was one of my first jazz routines, was Push It. And some old Prince, yeah, old Prince songs. I mean, so many. Mama said, "Knock you out" by LL Cool J. Oh, yeah. I did a did a routine with boxing gloves. Nice. And I can always p place the the year because it was like, oh, that was UCLA dance team halftime show to, you know. Uh, Back that thing up. <laughs> we had to do the clean version. You know, but then high school, like you can, I, you know, you know, I always, I can usually pinpoint the year based on the routine and what dance team I was on. Yes. So, so quick little backstory on Rachel. Um, clearly, she has a major um, <laughs> history in in the dance world. And in fact, when I surprised her in season five of the show, she was a coach at her at the high school and she was the, the coach of the dance team. So they had me come out. I don't know if, if anyone <laughs> watched this episode, but I came out in like the night outfit and I the was like The mascot doing, uniform. Yes, really? Yes, and I was yeah. like doing a little dance and everything. I so kind of knew it wasn't the person I thought was going to be in there for a minute. <laughs> so hold on. You, we're going too fast. When you, so you did not know that you'd been selected to be on the show. No, I knew I had gone through the casting process and I knew they were filming a ton of background. They call okay. it your intro package. So, but they set up a lot of lights and a lot of cameras yeah. out on the football field. So I started getting a hunch and then the mascot came out and was dancing real squirrely. And I thought, <laughs> I don't think that's Haley in there. <laughs> were you ready for it or were you terrified? I was, I mean, I was terrified, but I was, I was also excited because we had gone through, I'd gone through <laughs> the casting process and I really put like, am I ready for this? Yes, I'm ready for this. So I was hoping, I mean, I was hoping. Yeah. Yeah. That he mm -hmm. would be in there. Is that the most fun part is surprising people and letting them Absol know you're getting ready to go on the journey? 100%. That is, that is the fun part of, of the, the whole, like the, of kicking off the experience. That's my favorite part. And then of course, celebrating them at the end of their journey is also, 
that's also really special. Huh. Yeah. You know, and so the, those are both my favorite parts for very different reasons. Okay. But yeah, it's that first part is just it's so exciting and and the the uh just the mood and the celebration just to to be beginning this this journey that people want so bad, you know, just to, to be able to share in that part of the excitement. It's, it's awesome. Do you remember wanting it that bad in the back yeah. then? Were you so right? Cause I, I, you know, I've known you for the last couple of years, but not intimately like Chris does. Yeah. Did you, were you at a place in your life where it was like, if something doesn't happen soon, yeah, I'm not in a really good place. Yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I wanted the TV show more than I wanted the weight loss. In fact, the TV show was kind of like, Ooh, that's going to be like, everyone's going to get to see all this very publicly. But what I really want is to know how to lose, how to change my life, like how yeah. to lose weight. And I've told you this, he, the, the, the word he uses is, are you ready for a transformation of a lifetime? Right. When you surprise. And I was like, transformation, like, how about I just lose weight? Cause I honestly thought I just need to know, give me the diet, give me the workouts and I'll be fixed. And that obviously kicked off what has been a nine year process of transformation. But at the, you know, I knew I was gaining weight. It didn't serve. So my job was teaching dance choreography. I did it for 15, 16 years in LA. Always moving, always active, but gaining constantly gaining. I mean, still gaining weight through it all. And what am I doing wrong? You know, and ne needing to figure out how to get back. Cause I had been pretty fit and active, you know, through my early twenties, okay. like I said, lots of dance team. And I think I kind of, you know, when you're 20, you can eat a lot more. I mean, you know, there's a little more leeway for you're working out when you're dancing and burning that many calories. Sure, I don't yeah. even remember what I ate in college. I don't know if I did, but right. I obviously survived. And when did the weight gain start for you? How old were you? Oh boy. <laughs> um, you know, we talk about this in the episode, mid-20s. It, it okay. was, if I have 25, 26, there was a breakup, a pretty bad breakup. And I know a lot of women, I've gotten a lot of DMs about this. You know, you would hate to give someone all that power, but for some reason, you put so much self-worth in, I don't know, you, you, there's shame in a breakup and all these things. And, and all of a sudden, food is so comforting. And that's what I've learned about myself is like, I do have, a, 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 I'm an addict, and I, I abuse substances to make myself feel better, mm, whether it's yeah. after a breakup or a bad day or whatever. Yeah. And so it, it becomes your vice and it's your, it's your warm blanket, but it takes a toll on your body. So what was that moment of clarity? And the thing is like, it's kind of interesting because I know we, we know each other, like we're like brother and sister. And so I'm going to ask you questions that I already know the answer to, but I would just love for you to share them with, okay. uh, with everyone who's listening. But for you, and, and again, your, your journey has been ups and downs, but to go on the show, what was your moment of clarity to say, look, I know, I, I know this has to change. Hmm. Well, at that point I saw the scale show a three for the first time. Cause I had, I had, I had looked into the shows. I had actually tried out for the biggest loser. I think, you know, that story. Mm -hmm. I was in the database of these casting directors and they sent me an email about extreme. And I went, I don't know if I weigh enough for that. I mean, ironically, and I got on the scale and it's then my weight started with a three and I went, Oh my God, like, this is not just a few pounds. Like this is, we're getting in the hundreds of pounds to lose. And this is going to shorten my life and not not to mention just it was making my job harder and I even wrote that in my letter to you like I feel like I'm in a body that doesn't serve my career I'm having a hard time even choreographing I can't even demonstrate all the things I can think of in my head because my body won't do it right. whether it's because there's a stomach in the way or I'm just not agile enough yeah yeah you know? 
So you, you jump into the whole experience thinking, okay, I just want to lose weight. And by the way, that's also one of the reasons why we selected you because you were more focused on changing your life than being on TV. You'd be, you'd, you'd be surprised how many people actually apply to, to be on the show because they really want to be on TV and they really want an opportunity. I don't think I would there. be surprised at all by that. You know, <clears throat> I really wouldn't. We, we learned, we learned that lesson really well in the first couple seasons, but we did, we did a pretty darn good job of weeding it out to find people whose intentions were genuine Yeah. because I can't tell you how many people, you know, if they get cast, you know, and they actually get selected, um, the first month in, they're like, wait a second, I got 11 more months of this, <laughs> especially yeah. if they want to be on TV. Whereas people that are truly in it for the transformation are like, yeah, I got 11 more months. Let's go. And you had that attitude. I mean, you were gung ho right from the, and that's what you and I could, we clicked because you were so gangster. Like you were, but were you also simultaneously terrified of what was getting ready to happen to your body and mind? I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I, cool. I get, there's a competitive side to me. And mm. so, you know, you, we are on a show and not, and I love all my castmates. I don't think I competed with them, but we did get ranked on that email every Monday they came out and like who had lost the most percentage. And so I wanted to be top girl, you know, and like, but also just in workouts, you know, like running, like, Oh, I want to, I want to be up, up in the front with them. You know? So I was, I was pushing myself. I was enjoying discovering an athlete in me, which your wife was a dancer. And I wonder how, I wonder how many dancers out there have ever thought of this. Like, you know, dancing is like, are you athletes? Are you artists? And if you do dance team, like I was on the dance team at UCLA, we were not in the, we're not in the NCAA. We were not a part of the athletic department. It's like, Hey, you're not really a sport. You're a, Mm. you're a sport that supports a sport, you know, and cheerleading too. I mean, I know this conversation has gone round and round and actually the state of Arizona has their, their, uh, in uh, dance team or palm line and cheer as part of their, their sports programs. But anyway, is dancing a sport? Are you an athlete? I always kind of felt like, well, I'm not an athlete. I'm a dancer. And then I'm at boot camp with D one athletes that played soccer and, and basketball at D one colleges. And I'm holding my own next to them. And I'm going, okay, I'm an athlete. I can run. Oh, I've never, I've never seen a barbell. I can do a snatch. I can do a push press. Like all these, I was discovering uh, something. I'm sorry. I don't know what a snatch is. I'm so sorry. (laughs) We're going off topic. I don't know what a snatch is. I mean, I think I know what a snatch is, but I actually think I have the wrong thing in my head. Oh yeah. Yeah. Rest assured. It's a weightlifting movement. It's a weight, Olympic weightlifting (laughs) movement. Okay, good. These are like Olympic weightlifting moves. I can't help it. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Yeah. Yeah. Go with the story. She's an athlete. No, no. I think that was really cool about boot camp is that or the show in general is that you're with other people and I was discovering that I that I was stronger than I ever thought in terms of like actually being able to lift weights and run and do and I'm still not a great runner but you know yeah, but running sucks let's just yes. be honest with everybody man if you combine it with other stuff well hey we all did a, a, mud, a mud run recently mm-hmm, just last I, week. I still have the bruises yeah there we are right there oh yeah there oh, we go that's awesome yes there's Rach bottom yeah. right there you go. But it was, you know, those kinds of things where you start discovering like what your body can do and you're like, yeah. oh, that, that is inspiring. And that is something I've come back to in recent years as this transformation journey continues where I like feeling strong. I like seeing what I can do, challenging it, doing it and then going, okay, what's next? Yeah. You know? So, so that's cool. again, we were talking with Rachel from season five of my show, and, and I know I can't tell you so how So where often are they now episode? It, it is, which, by the way, we get so many people writing and imagine. asking like, hey, do you still connect or do you still talk with people from the show? And yes, I mean, in fact, Rachel and I spend 
pretty much every day together for the last <laughs> few years. But we first connected. So you totally on the show. want extreme makeover, the weight loss edition. You got the fitness trainer. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you know the exactly. irony is, I mean, we do work together. I moved to Arizona, but you know. It, we do work. I mean, it, yeah, we don't sure. sit there every day and, and work on Rachel's weight loss, no. <laughs> you know, and as far as it being a career shift, it was, it worked out cause I had skills that I knew I could use to it in a different area. And I knew Chris's mission, vision and values, which are very similar to mine because what I know the importance of weight related suffering. Cause I've lived it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've, I've known what it's like to be at my heaviest 369 pounds, that is, that's, that's a hard life F- for me. Physically, yeah. for mentally, physically, all the things. Yeah. Where you're, where you're struggling to breathe at night, you know, or, or waking up with acid reflux or you can't fit on the roller coasters. I mean, seat extenders on the airlines, like it, it, seatbelt extender, it, yeah. So to think, well, I can help Chris organize his business. I can run things. I, I ran programs at schools. Obviously I have a creative side, but I'm also good at like running programs and organizing teams. I was a coach. It's like, I can come there. We can do this. And I love that. It gives me purpose in my job, but then I'm also surrounded by people that care about something that's near and dear to me for a very obviously personal reason. Is that, uh, I'm going to ask have some, some vulnerable questions because it's kind of my style. But, um, when, when you mentioned things like, clothing that fits, being on an airline, not fitting in a roller coaster. Will you take me through some of those moments for, for you? Like what, what is happening? Because, you know, I, I, I always just sort of, when I see somebody in that position, whether it's an airplane or a roller coaster, like my heart really goes out for them. Like think I'm thinking, God, man, they just want to be a part of the action. They just want to be a part of the fun. And it, the way it's set up for them right now, it doesn't work for them. So what did you used to think in some of those moments where you were like, man, I can't even get on this thing. Yeah. Usually, let's see, how can I pinpoint that? I mean, obviously they have to make the seats in some sort of standardized size sure. and they have to make them small enough to get the most people on the plane, you know? So it's like, well, I guess I am above average in terms of my measurements, but usually what it turns into is a lot of beating myself up because I know if I was eating good whole foods and moving daily, not even extreme stuff, just eating a nice balanced diet of foods that I cooked for myself and moving daily, I know I wouldn't be that large for me because I know how my body works. That was the internal dialogue. And so I know I've done this to myself Mm. and it goes into a lot of shame and you're beating yourself up while you're sitting there and all your friends on the roller coaster going, gosh, I suck. Not to mention the fact that I was chosen for a show that thousands of people applied for and sent letters. I mean, I see them still. I was lucky enough to get picked. And here I, because most people, I mean, I gained the weight back, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> After the show, I gained 200 pounds in total to get to the biggest at 369. So here I am going, wow, I really squandered the opportunity of a lifetime. So now I, I double suck. Chris, we've talked about shame a few times just in the last few minutes. Let's talk about it for a sec, man. Yeah. What, what role does shame have? Because for me, it seems like it has zero value. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, if anything, it's going to pull you behind, but it also fuels the addiction cycle. And so, like, if you actually look at, at, you know, so basically there's this preoccupation with what it is that you're, you know, trying not to do. And then, like, this obsession with it. 
but then it, you reach a point where it's like, and, and again, it's, it's, it's constantly exacerbated by these feelings of shame. And so shame drives obsession even more to the point where then all of a sudden you just can't handle it anymore. And then you act out, act out, meaning you eat a bunch of food or you take the drug or you do whatever it is. And then after you do that, you feel the shame again and the shame then, and then you, you, you swear immediately afterward, oh, that, that's it. This is the last time it'll never happen again. Then you find yourself back into that situation. You're, again, you're feeling shame about it, and then it's going to go ahead, and it's just this perpetuating cycle. And then, however, you know, and if you talk, and again, I am not a professional in this space. Like, you know, talk to any good psychologist, and they'll actually say it's once you can actually teach the individual to remove shame from that cycle, from that equation, that's when the individual can, start, can finally begin to heal. And so this, would you say that there has been that has been a huge part of the process, especially over the last few years, because there's, there's still a lot. We, we need to back up and then, and kind of take, take everyone who's listening through this, this journey, but, but going yeah. back to shame, would you say that that has been a yeah. big part of, of the process is, is learning like I, I, more than anything, understanding when you start to go there Yeah. and then what, what is it that you do? Like what, tell us your experience with that and then what you've done mm -hmm. to overcome it. Well, I've, I've done a lot of therapy. <laughs> I mean, mm. I, I have. I shout out to uh, my therapist who I continue to do telemed with since I moved here. But um, giving, trying to give myself a little bit of grace, mm -hmm. a little bit. Of, I mean, I am so forgiving. I, I, I don't hold grudges with anyone else. Why do I do it with myself? Sure. You know, and it's So like, what's the answer to that? Hmm. Well... Uh, I, the serenity prayer just dropped, popped into my head for a second, right? Which is grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, the, the wisdom to know the difference. So why did that pop into my head? Um, I have to accept what I've done. Okay, I can't change yesterday. What can I do? I can change tomorrow. I can change right now. I can change in the next minute what I'm going to do. And so trying to just not dwell in the past and, and again, and love myself through it, I guess. Who was that dude that you were talking about in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was three or four weeks ago. The, the whole mantra was just win today. Yes. Remember this guy you were talking about? It, that, oh, Jarvez. Yeah, Jarvez. Yeah, right. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm just going to focus on winning today as long as I just win today. And that's so powerful. I, um, if you don't mind, let's, let's rewind. And let's take people through a journey of your time on the show, okay. what you're able to accomplish, and then what happened afterward. Okay. Because there was, and, and you and I lost touch for, for a few years oh, yeah. in there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, okay, talk about real quick, you, we, you and I went through an incredible journey of transformation together. You, yep. you want to just go ahead and, and, and share yeah. what happened? Yeah. So, I mean, I did the show 2014 and 15, lost 145 pounds in a year. This is great. I'm amazing. My finale dress was a size four. I mean, here I am, right? I'm, I'm ready to do life. Like I am fixed. Let's go find a husband. <laughs> Let's have babies. <laughs> Sorry. That's still on my bucket list, you know? <laughs> and it's like, and I was miserable. And this is what I, I mean, I, and I was, I was restless, irritable, and discontent. If anyone knows those three words, you know what book those pop up in. And I was the most miserable I've ever been in my life for the eight months after the show wrapped. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was irritable. I was discontent. Let me get, I'm this get to the book. You in had a gotten to your goal. You'd gotten to a size four dress. You'd lost all this weight and you were all three of those things. I was okay. the most miserable I'd ever been. And I'm like, wait, 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 why is the, how is this possible? I have fixed the problem. And 
And, and those books are, those three words are from the AA big book. And that is where I, in those eight months after the show, I really realized how much I was drinking. Like, and I have always drank and I use alcohol just like I use food to, to escape, to numb the, to everything. And I, I was able to manage the alcohol use during the show. Cause I had a weight loss goal. Well, you hit the goal and it's, it's game on, which also is dangerous because if you've ever, if you are an alcoholic and you take, at least in my experience, you take some time off. When you come back, that disease is stronger than ever. Mm -hmm. And it was stronger than ever for those eight months where I finally got to a rock bottom. And I was a, I had gotten my CrossFit level one trainer. I had lots of opportunity. I was supposed to be teaching CrossFit at my local gym. And I, one night, you know, basically tore my MCL meniscus after two bottles of wine, trying to hang a curtain rod, the most random home accident, but I blew my knee out while I was drunk and went, this is, this is not good. This is not good. So, um, I've never said this publicly, but I am, hi, I'm Rachel and I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I'm Matthew and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> All right. Hi, I'm Chris and I'm an opioid addict. Yeah, there it yeah. is. Yeah. Right. So, uh, January 14th, 2016 was the day I wait, say that again. When January 14th, 2016. Wow. So I just celebrated seven years of sobriety. Uh, and, and that, that became, it was terrifying because, and, and this is a whole topic for another day of, of, of alcoholism, because I want people to know too, an alcoholic does not, you don't have to be ashamed. If you're an alcoholic, it doesn't mean you're, you're on a street corner drinking from a brown bag. It doesn't mean you came from a bad family. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Yeah. It just means you're you were born a little different. I, yeah. I am wired for anxiety and worry and alcohol was my solution, not my problem. It was like bad day, have a glass of wine and food the same. I mean, I've learned like, and so I've through the 12 steps, through AA, through therapy, through eating disorder treatment, I have learned so many tools to learn how to live in my own head in a way that I can be healthy. And I have, you know, of those 200 pounds I gained, I've got about 125 of them off slowly. They're coming. I'll keep working on it. But, um, saying I'm an alcoholic, getting myself to AA and starting those 12 steps was, was the key. And it was like, I had isolated the variable, you know, the mm -hmm. science fair project. It's not the weight, the weight's gone. So what is it? Why are you so miserable? Right. Mm -hmm. How long does it take before you start going back and you start putting weight back on? Pretty immediately. Really? And that's where I know. So I, I have a gym I go to now and I'm of a pretty good food plan and I, and I don't, and I, I love it. But as soon as the show was over, I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to eat well. All I wanted to do was party. So I went out a lot. I was living in LA. I lived in Santa Monica. I could, I could walk to main street and get hit every bar. And I did. And then I also hit up the bars after work, which was in the Valley, which if you know, LA commuting from the Valley to Santa Monica after five drinks is not smart. Mm. And I did a lot of driving, which I shouldn't have done. I mean, by the grace of God, I am sitting here today because it was reckless. Yeah, very sure. reckless. There's well, you need to understand. And I tell people this all the time because it's one of the things that I learned in my sobriety. Alcohol turns off the part of the brain that cares. You have to know that yeah. alcohol turns off the part of the brain that cares. And so that's why, we, that's why all of us, when we were alcoholics made bad decisions. I don't know if opioids were the same, but, uh, drinking for me was the same thing. I made countless awful decisions while I was drinking. Sure. Countless because yeah. th the part of the brain that should care didn't. Yeah. It starts to shut down that prefrontal cortex and you just, you don't think straight Yeah, for a good yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you go through phases where you like, 
um, and pardon me, I hope you don't mind me just being really oh, upfront, no. right? It's like, did you go, so you, you said, I'm at a size four when I'm done. And then did you get like to a size six and you're like, oh, okay, I better start using the tools. And then you get size eight and it was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going backwards. Or did you just literally not care about that? I, I can't quite remember. I okay. mean, I know, I know. I tried to get on the butt, you know, back on the wagon, so to speak, especially because, you know, the show wrapped in May, the episode aired in July. And I thought, I got to look in July how I looked in May. Mm. I can't have already gained some weight. So I did pretty well during the summer trying to stay ahead of it, you know, um, in terms of working out. But but I, the thing is, what happens when you get drunk? You usually go uh, sure. smash a bunch of... Good food. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like chili cheese fries at 2 Highly palatable right. foods, yes. which we're going to talk so about in our deep dive later. You know, then you go all day and you're trying to like not eat because you ate bad the night before. I mean, it, it gets to be a very disordered eating. And then you drink and then you get extra drunk because you have an empty stomach and then you end up smashing a bunch of calories and then, you know. What a cycle. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Just miserable too. Well, you know what? Having been through five seasons and taking people through the journey of transformation, you know, it's funny because as we're going through it, I know, and I know you can attest to this. We, we try to share the fact that um, most people, one of the biggest pitfalls is unmet expectations. It's like, and we call it lottery syndrome. It's mm -hmm. like, you're going to lose all this weight and it's not going to, you're still going to wake up with all of your problems. And it's, but, and, and at the same time, it's funny because, you know, when you're in it, you're like, not me. Nope, yeah. not me, not going to happen. And, and so many people feel so confident that it won't. And then sure enough, I think it's yeah. happened to nearly all 76 individuals who've yeah. gone through that, that transformation. Like in, it, well, you're saying they and, put the weight back on? No, you think I'm some here. Do, some don't, but oh, yeah, they, I see. They, they think that all their problems are going to be solved. Like, like Rachel was yeah, saying. Like my husband was going to drop out of the sky right. the day I left the finale and... <clears throat> Everything was going to be sunshine and rainbows yeah. for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. like fixed in one year. Yeah. And often that, that disappointment from those unmet expectations is one of the strongest triggers to go back to what makes them feel better. And so now I granted alcohol became, it was a, it was a, a replacement kind of in combination, a little bit of food here and there, but mostly it was like alcohol for a little bit. And then did you find that when you stopped drinking, obviously that's when you really turn back to food oh. big time. Yes. And I've talked about the addiction whack-a-mole because mm -hmm. if you, I have like three of them. Well, sometimes it can be guys too. Right. And it's like, okay, I've got food is in control. Whoop, here comes alcohol, push the alcohol down, pops up food, you know, the whack-a-moles. And so that's where getting the tools to, tr to treat the, why am I even wanting to do this to begin with has been helpful. And I, I really do OAA for that. You know, yeah. because you do a thorough inventory and you clean up all the things in your brain that make you want to, I mean, if you, you know, the inv you do the inventory and the amends and, and then you conscious contact with your higher power. And so you try to not get into that place where you need to. Have you landed grab, grab, on grab, what grab. you think it is for mm -hmm. you? Like, have you figured out the why, the why that you have to continually whack-a-mole? Like, I know when I went through, went through my big mental health journey, it was important for me to just figure out why this, what, like, why do I keep making these choices? And I eventually yeah. figured it out, right? I had, it tied back to past traumas. Yeah. Did you come to any discoveries in all of your work? There's definitely some, some past trauma for yeah, sure, okay. which I don't know if I'm really ready to share. It says, but, yeah, you don't um, have to. I just had a moment. Sorry, I went blank for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just got nervous because I thought of the past trauma, to be honest. And yeah. my mind just went, whoosh. Oh, sorry. That was yeah. a amygdala hijack. The, the amygdala hijack. Something just yeah. happened where I, uh, I felt. Um, 
you asked the why. If you discovered oh. the why, the why that you, you know, yeah. chose men, chose booze, chose food, you know, the why. I think, well, there, I, like I said, I'm, I'm wired for like worry and anxiety and it helps calm myself down. But I think it's like the desire to just be loved. Yeah, girl. I mean, sorry, yeah. but it's like, I want to feel a warm fuzzy. I want to feel desired. I want to feel safe. I want to feel whatever. And in that moment, it doesn't matter if you know it's bad for you. Yeah. It's like, game on, let's smash this large pizza by myself or this two bottles of wine or, you know. Yeah. The dude at the end of the bar who's not right for me. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, gosh, like in the moment, you just want to feel like loved. Yeah. You really, and, and it's that they're fleeting. And then the next day, the shame and why did I do that? And, and I also know there's a side of me, the competitive side, I go big on everything. So if I'm going to go, if I'm going to, if I'm going to eat a pizza, I'm going to eat the biggest one there is. And I'm going to finish every last slice. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a side of me that has to try to learn a moderation and like you can go big, but like on these things, you've got to learn to eat right now. That's been the hardest thing with food because alcohol, cut it out, done. It's out of my diet food. I got to eat. So I have Mm -hmm. to face it. How can I go out and have two slices of pizza on a date and not have eight? What do you what do you <laughs> so, advise in these cases, Chris? Well, actually, I, I'm going to let Rachel tell you about the oh, solution wow. that we came up with because I think we have to we have to finish off her journey because we're only halfway like through so right much. now. Which is yeah. no, this is this is your show. No, no, and it's, I, your it's show. so it's important your for you to share um, everything that you've been through. And this is like I personally, I really wanted you on because I know a lot of people who, who might have seen the show. They're like, oh, if I got chosen, it would change my life. No, not necessarily. Yeah. You know, you can, you can take some of the tools that we can give you, you can apply them, but at the same time, if you don't solve the real reasons why, you're going to be stuck with those unmet expectations at the end of the journey. You'll be just as susceptible to gaining the weight back as a lot of people have. Some have kept it off. Others, they struggled and then they figured it out. And then, and, and others have gained a lot of the weight back and they're still struggling. Yeah. So I think it was just so important for me to share your journey with everybody just in full transparency because this is real life. This yeah. is addiction. And this is, this is part of the journey of, this is the journey of transformation. I know you said, okay, before you, it was like, oh yeah, I just want to lose weight. Okay. Yeah. You lost weight that year. And, you know, granted, I, I did, I, I tried my best to, to teach, but at the yeah. same time, you know, sometimes people are ready and sometimes they're not. And I learned a lot in the last five, six, seven years as well. And so it's like, and it's really cool to see where you're at now because yes, there was a big struggle. Yeah. Yes. You gained a lot of the weight back, but now you have changed more in the <laughs> last year, in the last nine months. Yeah. Then I have, then I have, I've known you for nine years. Why? You've changed more in the last nine months. Why? Can, yeah. you, can you tell us a Why? little bit about yeah, what, what you got you to that, the next lowest point? You're climbing your second mountain right yeah. now. What got you to the next lowest point and what got you here right now? Please share that. Yeah. Well, I want to go back and only thing I want to say is the show did change my life because I learned transformation. Oh, this is about transformation. There was little nuggets in the back of my head. You talked about being honest, integrity, being a promise keeper, even back then. Okay. And that's, I think what made me be really honest with myself, with my alcohol use. So that was helpful. And it is like, it is a constant transformation and you can't do it in a year. I mean, can you fix bad habits in one year? 
that took it's you tough. 35 years to build? It's tough. No, yeah. no. So nine years, that's a little more feasible. And so I do think it has, it has been a continuum. And I do think I've been on a, a constant path since then. The, and obviously getting sober took some time, took a good amount of time. And I, it's, it takes constant work. Um, a lot of food, a lot of weight gain came with getting sober because I couldn't drink. So I wanted to eat. And that's, you had you know, one last mole to whack. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and it was like, just don't drink today. Okay. I'll eat 12 cupcakes because mm-hmm. I, but I didn't drink. So I got to win. And when you're in that moment, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm getting weight back, but Oh, well, at least I'm not drinking. So, you know, obviously I moved to Arizona and I, I, my, my heaviest hit in the summer of 2020, which I know is tough for all of us <laughs> because you know, we, I was sedentary and eating a lot at home, but we, we've always talked about really like what's going to get me back on track and how can I get over the shame of I gain the weight after the show. And so what we talk, he would always give me a small promise, a power promise. Chris Powell talks about power promises. Okay. What's it going to be during the summer of 2020? It was walk five minutes a day. I did it for a couple months. Then I stopped. Then I had a five minute circuit I would do every morning, did it for a couple months. Then I stopped. We would try this power promise. And I finally, it was April 15th of last year. Sorry, I didn't put dates on this. It was about a year ago. I said, okay, I think my promise, my power promise needs to be things I'm not going to do because I know how to win on those. With, with drinking, I don't do it and I win. So I set three things I wouldn't do. And it was, I'm not going to eat pizza alone. If I hit up a drive-thru, I have to tell him what I'm, I have to text him, tell him what I'm ordering and no delivery food to the house. So if I want Buffalo Wild Wings, I need to order it and go pick it up. But no DoorDash, none of that. Any food needs to be picked up and purchased in person. And I did that for three months and I felt pretty darn good. And it was because it was, there were, the, I, I could eat pizza, but I had to be on a date or with friends and, you know, all those things. Cause pizza alone was a bad pizza delivery to my house alone was just bad, bad, bad. Many, many days a week, many days a week I would do it. So I got that and I lost about five, six, seven pounds over three months from, and yeah. then I went, I think I'm ready to start tracking my nutrition again. And then I started doing that. And then think I'm ready to get back to the gym. And I found a gym, which I love. And that's been huge. Cause I don't mind getting up every day and going like I alarm goes off and I never think I don't want to do this, which is a first for me. So finding a gym in a community that I love was great, has been great. And then, then a few months after that, I think I can start adding my water back in. And now I track my, now I drink a gallon of water. So, you know, it's, like I said, about 120 of 25 of the 200 are off. And I've got a ways to go. And I'm trying not to worry. There's no end date. There's no finale. I, I had done really well kind of losing weight before my 40th birthday. Then I turned 40 and got sad because here I am still single. And I you know, got my feelings. So it's like there's no finale. I am not setting an end date. There's no other than the day I die. That's so it. if I lose this yeah. weight in another seven months, 10 months, two years, it, it literally doesn't matter. Because every day I'm doing, I'm living a life too that I enjoy and I feel is sustainable. Yes. And I'm doing things I love, like mud runs and getting bruises and going on roller coasters (laughs) and going scuba diving (laughs) and doing all the things that I want to do now. Yeah. You know, that's, that's helping me because when I know I'm going to do a mud run the next morning, I don't eat bad the night before because I want to feel good the next day. Instead of saying someday I'll do a mud run when I lose weight, I started doing a lot of the things I was afraid to do. Mm. Well, I started dating. I got on a dating app while I was 350 pounds and went, this is terrifying. No one's going to want to date me. And I went, oh, maybe 
maybe they do. Okay. <laughs> and then as I'm dating, I'm thinking, I want to date active guys because I enjoy being active. And then all of a sudden I'm getting more active and I'm getting up to go to the gym because I enjoy that. And that's kind of the type person I see myself with. So I don't want, I would rather, I don't drink. So when someone's like, what do you want to do? I don't want to go to a bar. Like, let's go bowling. Let's do something active. Mm -hmm. Let's go on a hike. So I'm living the life that I see in the future now. I am still single. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But because of, you know, why, what am I waiting for? You know, even though I know I still have extra weight to lose, but I'm, I'm definitely happier than ever. I love it though. Don't wait. Don't say when I lose weight, I'm going to do X. Start doing X now. It's ironic. The body all of a sudden starts to adapt Yes. Mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's like, I see myself kayaking and climbing Kilimanjaro. Okay. I went kayaking last summer. Very, I, w- I, I was very out of shape and I capsized in the first 30 seconds mm-hmm. and cut my knee on the rock. But then Marlo helped me flip it over and we went and I thought, I'm glad I did that. You know, and then all of a sudden <laughs> I, I wanted to eat a little better. I wanted to eat a little healthier. I wanted to be hydrated for the next time because I started getting a cramp in my calf. I thought, ah, I got to drink more water. You know, so you start taking care of just doing the little changes to make those activities easier the next time you do them. You got me. And that, yeah. Yeah. You you stepped into the arena. Yes. And you're on the field and you're playing. Yeah. And when you do that, it's like all those different things that you want are so much more powerful. Yeah. And and they're so much more influential because it's going to immediately impact the quality of your life now. Yeah. You know? Because for me, that's what, what I want my future to hold. You know, for me, I want to be more active. I don't want to say... I can't go hiking with you because I physically can't do it. That's was, that was very hard for me to realize the physical limitations I had just from my size and from just being really out of shape, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like, I would love to climb the mountain to watch the fireworks, but like, give me 45 minutes because I'm going to be really slow. Yeah. And for me, I wanted to be able to do that. Yeah, let's go. Let's run up the hill, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that, that's my why. You know, that's the future I see is I want to be out in nature and just exploring and, and not to be held back because of my body. Cause there's things in your body you can't control physical limitations, right? Like right now I got a sure. bad knee, but I can control what I eat and my sleep and my hydration and my fitness, my, my movement level. So let's do that. Question for you. So you recently opened up to me about the fact that when you're <clears throat> going through the journey on the show, um, you were terrified about keeping the weight off and you weren't sure about yourself and your ability to do that, to maintain that kind of lifestyle. But you say now, you know, it's for good. I know. What's the difference? You know, I've, I've tried to think of this because you're right. I was a little teetering by the finale. I thought I was worried. I wasn't going to be able to keep it off because you guys, if you watch the episode, I was binging. I was struggling through phases three and four. I was hiding the alcohol bottles. I mean, I was... While you were on the show. And that's where we didn't talk for a few years. We reconnected when I made my amends with Mm -hmm. him through AA. Because I felt the need to tell him how much I'd been lying. You know, he had asked me not to drink on the show. And because I think he picked up on the fact that I was a heavy drinker, you know, and I would, I would, you get drunk and then I would eat and then I'd go balloon up and then I would go sauntering, try to get it off. And I mean, you got, I got into some really bad behaviors trying to chase the scale number just to not get in trouble with the production. But, um, uh, 
Did you have a problem ever with the cameras? Like, did that ever, was that ever? Every now and then. Like, yeah. it happened to me just now again where I'm like, there's a camera on us. But I, I would sweating. just, it would be so hard. Like, I'm just thinking about when I go to the gym. It's like, what if I fart? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's all these things that are going to happen while you're working out. You know, you're, you're making noises. You're making faces. Oh, you're, and those cameras, they capture they everything. everything. They get man. everything, man. Yes. Uh, no, usually I would forget. Every mm-hmm. now and then when you were like, whoa, they're recording this. Yes. Yeah. But most of the time you kind of for, you kind of forget. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, so so going back to you, when you were... I know you you were scared about your ability to keep it off because there were still there were so many struggles. And yeah, by the way, I observed you playing the whack-a-mole game back then with with alcohol. Yeah, and that's like the intention was to for you to stop drinking and to focus on you know what what the real cause is. Yeah, and, which is and then, by the way, I'm so glad you you saw so many therapists. You joined AA and everything afterward because that was very necessary and that was beyond what what we could offer. But um, going back to you were scared then. You're not scared now. You're confident now. Why? I know, I know. I don't, I can't, I don't know if I can put my finger on it other than everything I do today and tomorrow and every, everything I'm doing, I can see myself doing the rest of my life. And it's because, and this is helpful through, I mean, Chris Powell has amazing recipes, everybody. <laughs> I, I'm, I hated what I ate on the show. Yeah. I just, I, Taste buds. I know you're going to talk about that. I was getting, you know, this extra lean ground turkey was so bland and boiled potatoes and just basic, bo- you know, chicken breast. I hated everything I ate. I was white knuckling it, you know, and now I'm, no, I'm going to make food I like. I'm going to figure out a way to make healthy food. I'm going to allow myself candy. You know, I'm allowing more things in my diet so that it's like this isn't a short term fix. So then I can go, go back to what I used to do. Cause I've seen that pattern. So it's like, I can't do that anymore. So right. I think that's why I'm very confident. Cause nothing I'm doing now, I don't say I can do that forever. Right. I can, I, I feel really feel confident about that. And full transparency. Yeah. It was, it was definitely a lot more strict back then. I've learned so much more about the amount of flexibility that we can allow in a lifestyle for someone to lose 200, 300 pounds. And it used to be so strict. And now I look back and I go, oh, man, I wish I did that different. I wish I'd I shared that with I finally made sense to me why you said that a few weeks man, ago on our I, podcast I, now. I get it now. I beat myself up all the time because it's just like for, for anyone who's gone through the journey and then they struggle afterward and they start gaining weight. I'm like, God, I wish, I'd, I wish I knew that then so I could have shared that with them. I wish it wasn't so strict because it was a lot of the restriction and deprivation where a lot of that, that created so much fear. Like I can't keep doing this. I have to have some sort of satisfaction in my life. And we're like, well, find satisfaction in working out. F you. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. I'm sorry, but that doesn't work for a lot of people. Right. And it's just and like, not for all the next 20 years. Yes. Right. Like, and yeah. so like, what, what if it could be delicious? What if it doesn't have to be four hours of cardio? What if you could do 15 minutes or 30 minutes and, you know, and, and actually weave it into a lifestyle? It's like, oh, my God, we could. We could have done that. And so it's just, you know, that's, that's, why, I, that's why I beat myself up. And that's why it's like if I was ever to Rachel, talk to Chris again. Paul about no, the power of beating yourself no, up. You no. know what I mean? What, can, I what, kind of, what kind of information can we give him about no. beating himself because up? Because I also realize you had a you had a boss. It was a TV show that had to produce in a year. This you had to produce results in a year. This is true. So what if it t- what if it took two years? That wasn't the budget. Right. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> you had to make it extreme and it was extreme and I know it made for great television. So yeah. don't beat yourself up about that. But we also got great tools from it. 
but like, we did. Yeah. We did yeah. because I will say that's where you did talk about the transformation game versus yeah. the numbers game. And when I was at boot camp, I was really good in the transformation game. G- game in air quotes because there is no game. You know, it's like if I meet, if I just stick to my plan and keep my promises and do what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm going to be fine. The, the number will take care of itself. But when you start getting squirrely and sneaking food and sneaking booze and now you got a sauna and now you got to do these things. You got to cut water. You got to do all these things to get the number down because you didn't do what you said you were going to do. Then you're in. And then also mentally you're, Oh, you know, you're freaking out trying to chase a number. I got a question for you, by the way, thank you for consoling me (laughs) in my moment. Can you trace your weight gain back to a single broken promise? Ooh. So shortly after the show, like when, cause you, you, you did make promises. There were, there were promises that were made. I didn't really make promises during the show. Like mm-hmm. I do now, like I have them now. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Because be honest, you were younger. I don't know. It, and it was, you would, I mean, it wasn't as big of a concept as I know it to be now. Right. And also okay. I was kind of lying about a lot. Mm. I was lying about how much I drank. Right. So I sure. don't know if it was that important to me. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, it was subliminally and subconsciously, it was very important you to do the show. Otherwise, you never would have even applied. Yeah. Like, right. you knew you needed some tools and some assistance. No, I mean, those promises weren't as important as they are now. I see. Like, I right see. now, there's no way in hell I'm ordering DoorDash. Like, it won't happen ever. And why, Unless, why oh, is that? Because I've done it for a year and there's mm-hmm. no way in hell I'm going to break it. And having done seven years of sobriety, I mean, you know, when you get that, when you get that coin, you know, I have my AA chip, like I am holding on to that. I am not breaking that. Mm-hmm. You know, by the way, the DoorDash thing is unless it's a group. Like if we've right. had shoots, yep. you know, I'm allowed then to do it's it. Allowed. Right. But oh, no yeah. DoorDash and no food delivery for myself. Sorry, DoorDash. I know your lovely service. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I won't break that streak. I'm on that streak and there's no way I'm breaking it. Let me ask one alcoholic from another alcoholic. If you ever struggle with this a little bit, do you ever wish that you could just have a healthy relationship with alcohol? Like I, I, I watch my wife go have a glass of wine at dinner and then she's done. She doesn't need to drink anymore. She's fine. I watch a thousand other people go out with their buddies. They have a couple of beers and they, then they're fun. And then they, but I could never do that. I yeah. if like one equal to hundred. Agreed. And yeah. I remember even telling my therapist in 2006, which was when I got sober, saying like literally in tears, like, why can't I just have a healthy relationship with this thing? Like so many other people seem to have. Do you ever does that oh, piss yeah. you off too? Yes. Okay. I, I get, I get, I get angry. angry right. Yeah. Yeah. I get angry. I get, and it, more in the beginning now, because I'm, you know, seven years, which is still not a lot of time. I'm more used to it, but I would sit there, you know, go out with friends or they'd order a glass of red wine and it would sit there most of the dinner and they'd sip on it. And I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah, why don't you <laughs> smash that thing and grab that? another? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, what's the, or, or they get a, a mixed drink and the ice melts. What are you doing? Mm. I'm glad to know I'm not alone in that. I'm glad to know I'm not alone. And then also the sadness that you're missing out. Yeah. You know, that people think you're weird. I don't know. That's a whole other side of things. And that's a big deal, right? Is in just ejecting yourself from the party scene is the hardest part. Yeah. Because you you have to remove yourself from the environment for a while. 
you just have to. I don't know if weight loss is that way or eating disorders are that way, but for alcohol, like, sorry. If you're going to try to be a recovering alcoholic, you cannot spend your nights in bars. No, no. no. It's impossible. Yeah. You'll lose so yeah. much. Is it that way with an eating disorder? Because like you said, you have, still have to eat, so you just have to kind of figure out how. So how? what are the struggles like with that? Oh, gosh. I mean, that that's a whole... Is it? Yeah, I feel like that. Because I do... I do, I did go to IOP, intensive outpatient, for binge eating disorder. And I do know I have a propensity to binge. So, um, you know, you get to like a buffet and all of a sudden it's it, similar things in AA. The first step of AA, I, I wrote about like when I'm powerless over alcohol, when I'm powerless over food is when it's free. And like, or if I've paid, like I paid $50 for this buffet. Well, I better get my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, really? Do I need to make my stomach hurt? with everything in the buffet because I, you know, either it's, either it's free or you go to a party, right? And you're like, I got to eat everything here because mm-hmm. I don't know, because it's free. Cause it's available. I don't know. That's when I know. I did a- feel that way at the Guy Fieri party. I'm just going <laughs> to say, I kind of well, felt yes. like I had to eat everything. Yes. I'm just going to say, well, you know, I, I've actually noticed this because Rachel, like you're, you're financially responsible, but when that is tied to food, it's, it's interesting. Like we'll have, um, maybe we'll, in birthday parties, we have a bunch of Mediterranean food and everything. And you go like when someone goes to throw that out, you're like, "No, you need to save that for later. Bring that home, you know." And it's like, "No, you could throw it out. It's okay." That's you know? my mother. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was say. raised where we didn't waste. We didn't food. waste food either. And there's like a value to food, and yeah. so yeah, for for you, I, I also noticed though, and this is just my observation, but just like you placed restrictions like with alcohol, it's something you can't have. You, you did place those very similar rules around certain foods, but you gave yourself some flexibility. It's like, oh, no, it's not that you can't have pizza. You just can't eat it by yourself. Yeah. But that wasn't, but, but because you've actually be, been able to keep that promise, it has created some incredible momentum for you. It really has. Yes. But yeah. at the same time, you don't have the restriction that you actually experienced before and the deprivation where you're going to rebound back because you can still have that pizza. Yes. When you're with friends. Yeah. Yes. And and I do the carb cycling, which is where you have a reset day. And I used to think, well, I can only have pizzas on re- reset day. And then recently I had a date and he wanted to have Grimaldi's pizza, which is amazing. And I thought, I looked at the calories and I went, I can have two slices of pizza. Mm-hmm. Like there, I've had an all or nothing way of doing things with food. I'm either literally boiling potatoes and struggling with the blandest, grossest stuff, or I'm smashing a whole pizza by myself. It's like, wait, wait a second. If you look at the nutrition information and you track it, and I do have to track, then I see it's okay. There's room in your diet. There really is room to have the things you love. And also if you eat all day long and you're and the metabolism, you know, the metabolism is growing, when you get to the pizza joint, two slices is enough. You haven't been restricting all day. Right. What about like cauliflower crust? Does that help you out a little? I've never tried that. It is single-handedly the only pizza I eat now. Wow, really? Cauliflower crust. It is unbelievable. The crust is so crispy. And from a caloric standpoint, it's like, you know, it's way down there. I I myself like cauliflower crust. It's pretty darn good. It's so good. But here's the best part. She's just eating fully leaded pizza and she's she's completely transforming, which is super cool. I I am. I mean, I've eaten everything and I've gone out to eat. I have a list now of all the restaurants I go to and what I order. You know, and because I usually try to get something with protein and I love, you know, oh, okay, I'll have the prime rib or, you know, mm. yeah. Or I, if I know I'm going to have like the pizza, it's like, well, I'm not going to have peanut butter on my toast in the morning because there's mm. going to be extra fat in the pizza. It's, it's actually, 
is doable. Yeah. Ironically. So this is why you're starting to believe that this is forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do Plus, too. I see you. Chris Powell does not eat perfect every day. Yes, he does. Do not destroy my image of this man. And and he doesn't work out every day. Don't don't even. La, 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 la. I've I've gone on trips with you and the kids, and I'm like, okay. So there is metabolic flexibility, and and it's consistency. Oh, is that what we're calling it? That's it. It's a whole other conversation unto itself. Yeah. If you're, you know yeah, what I mean? If sure. You're going, you're going, you're going, you go to like Orlando for a few days, you can have some burgers and right. some, some amusement park food and then you're back in your other stuff. And it's like, it's, it does work. Yeah. And I know it used to work because I was, I think that's how I was in high school and college. Mm-hmm. You know, also I was younger, so who knows, but I, I didn't really watch what I ate and it wasn't an issue. Let me ask you a question about something that I teach youth athletes, which is this idea of falling in love with the process over the outcome. Uh, and, and I would think for weight loss, like that would have to be one of the big staples. Like you cannot be so attached to the outcome that you disregard the process in getting there. No. In fact, Rachel just said this earlier. She said, now that she's a adopted this new lifestyle and she's actually and if if you actually decipher what she talked about she said first i did this and then that worked for a couple months and then i then i added this and that worked for a couple months and then i added that she's habit stacking yeah sure it's, that's what everyone's doing like this is what they're realizing of again if you like all this literature is saying look humans they just can't take on too many things at a time but if we habit stack that's creating long-term change that's exactly what she's done now and she but it's it's just it's about making a promise and keeping that promise to herself. And so, um, and so it's, it's just, it's really cool to see just to, as, as her good friend, because I love you. It's so <laughs> cool to see you embracing that and realizing that you can do this and you have all the flexibility in the world to do this for the rest of your life. And that's the one thing that I really want to make so darn clear for anyone out there who like really wants to embrace a change. If you are going to, perhaps make a promise to yourself ask yourself can i do this for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. whatever that promise is it's not a short-term thing it's it truly is a it's a forever thing just going back to what you're saying it's the journey not the destination so you always have to ask can i do this for the rest of my life can you not eat a pizza by yourself and maybe maybe you'll reach a point where you can but at least right now it's like hey wait a second can I do that? Can I go the rest of my life? And if, if I'm going to enjoy pizza, I'll enjoy it with friends. Yeah, because wh- why? Like, I mean, I don't need to eat pizza alone. Mm. Uh, really? There's a lot of other things you can eat alone. Yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, like it, it, it can be higher in calories. So let's do it in a social setting sure. where it's more celebratory. And then also you end up talking when you're with someone else. You eat slower. Yeah, mm. sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So I can dig, I can keep that one. You know, it's interesting to that point. I just thought about this. Um, I, I had I had pizza over the weekend because Cash wanted one, and um, had a couple of slices. But I haven't eaten pizza by myself in probably a decade, to be honest. And I was thinking about that. I've yeah. actually been following that that rule for you too. Yeah. yeah, kind of interesting, but. Not to, I'm not going to make this about me. When you came on this podcast, you said, you know, I want to come on. I want to talk about my journey. And I wanted, I wanted to let people know that like you, you could win the golden ticket. You could appear on this show. You could get all the best tools in the world and then you could fall off again. But it's not about falling off. It's about getting back on. 
And it's seemingly Rachel. from what I hear in this, you know, 60 minutes that we've been talking is that that's the Rachel that I know. She just says no quit. Like broken down, beaten up, not even loving yourself, whatever. That You're going to go through that. We're all going to go through that. But you're the kind of girl who kind of, you get back on. There's yeah. not a lot of quit in you. There might be some temporary quit, but there's not a lot of long-term quit in you. Yeah. Where do you get that from? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe my, my family, my higher power. I don't know. I'm I don't grateful, think this has though. anything to do with other people. Okay. So maybe I was, I was born with it, you know? Yeah. I, and I'm grateful for that. But I'm, hopefully every, anybody else can. Why not? If you're sitting there thinking, I can't, why not? Yes, you can. You know, we've always heard that there's two types of people. Ones that say I can, and ones that say I can't, and they're both right. Yeah. So just try. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, try another way and try another way, but don't, don't quit. Mm-hmm. Especially with the things that are in your control. There's a serenity prayer because there are things that aren't, you know, there are things that you're going to have to accept that you can't control, but the things you can, if you keep stumbling, don't give up, try another way or tr- reach out to a new person move. I mean, obviously moving States was terrifying. Change your job. I mean, I know that's hard to do. It's very hard to do. And not everybody can do it. But just keep trying, tweaking it, trying a different, just try a different way. I can speak to this because we've been friends for a long time, but you set very high expectations for yourself. And you always have a saying, I won't do anything Bush League. (laughs) (laughs) You know exactly what I'm, I hear it once a day from you. And you refuse to do anything Bush League for yourself. (laughs) And I appreciate that because you hold yourself to some high standards and I, I, you, you expect a lot from yourself. And again, but that's, that's what makes you so incredible. And that's what makes you so special. And, um, it's really cool because for the longest time that it was about the work that you produced and now you're starting to realize that you are your greatest masterpiece. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to putting hundred percent into their job especially when you work for a Chris Pell. I mean, <laughs> I will work 20 hours a day to make your dreams come true. You know, I mean, true. it's like, go, go, go. And I then, can teach you how to not do that. Because it's like, oh, you know, I, I know there's mothers out there that talk about this. They give everything to the family and there's a morsel left right. for themselves. Doesn't right. help when I'm texting not just at mothers, 2 a.m. Parents, right? <laughs> I'm like uploading, this. I'm uploading spreadsheets into our Google Drive at four o'clock in the and morning. And I'm getting anxiety. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. But but he also says put your oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here thinking, how can I best even work with him or be a better employee? I need to be healthy. Yes. I need to be rested. Mm-hmm. I need to be well nourished. And so if that means saying, sorry, I'm going to the gym. Let I'll get back you, to you later. I've gotten the, the most the most productivity out of Rachel in the last nine months <laughs> when you when you have focused on yourself as, as you're taking care of yourself and you're going through this transformation. Your energy levels, your attitude, everything, everything has improved. Everything, and you're you're putting yourself first. You're making yourself a priority. I'm happy to hear that. And, and not just it's just not just me. Everybody's getting the best you, which is the coolest thing. And it's, it's just the buzz. How are you doing with it's all the these buzz. compliments? Hey, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're squirming over there. Just take, take it with grace. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Just accept it because you deserve it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And yeah. it's, been, it's not been an easy journey. No. No, it hasn't. And yet, you know, I know I'm so grateful to be picked for EWL. 
I mean that people say, Oh, you're so lucky to work with Chris Powell. I've heard that a few times. And I think, I think I was, I was lucky to be picked for the show. Cause that is in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm me, but how do you, how do you pick? And I know that was hard for you guys. How do you pick? That's a lottery. That's winning the lottery. And then, you know, that gave me the first step to make so many others. You know, and I do feel like I'm blessed to be working with you. I'm blessed to have met you to have, because I don't think I would be working with you now if we didn't already connect on similar, like I said, mission, vision, and values and things yes. like that. So that meant it was meant to be in that regard. Um, yeah. But to get picked for the show started at all. I mean, and that's, that was just, that was a, that was a stroke of luck. Of luck. Well, I, I certainly feel the same way. We we have a lot of fun working together. We really do. You have fun with us too, right? Well, and yeah. it's just you know, it all started with a little belief. You know, yeah. Chris mm-hmm. and his team they saw something in you. They believed in you. Yeah. You know, and and for so many people, that's what it takes for them. It's just somebody to believe in them a little bit, and then they get the wind in their sails. Yeah. They pick up some tools, and next thing you know, you're changing your life. Yeah. 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 I know. You're like the proof that you can do it. Thank you. And what I always say to people is you've already paid the price. Mm-hmm. You've already gone through all the hard stuff. Yeah. You have. You've already done it. The, 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 the best stuff is in the future for you now. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not still having that painful, traumatic experience. And I'm speaking broad and, and then also, you know, to you as well. But we're not still experiencing those moments. They happened to us and they're not still happening and so we have to remember that and yeah. just keep feeling it, move through it, use your tools. I feel like that's life. That's it. That's it. Right? Yep. Feel it, move through it, use your tools. And yeah. if you can keep doing that, you can put a lot of wins together. That's it. Hmm. No and matter. ask for it's help. exciting for, for you. You know, yes. I'm like, okay, what are these takeaways? Ask for help. There it is. Yeah. You know, if you're like, I can't do this alone and you see somebody that's doing it right, Go up, I don't want to say doing it right. For me, it was like it was a person I knew from the gym back in LA who was sober. And I said, I think I have a drinking problem. Yep, come to a meeting. Yeah. That was hard to do, but look what it did. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So you just like if you see somebody who's who wants what you have, you know, and you're like, How are you doing that? Most people will help you. They will. Yes. The four, four most powerful words in the English language are will you help me? Yes. If yeah. you lead that way with mm. people, and I steal this trick when I go to Target mm. yeah. to make it that simple. Wow. Like if I can't yeah. find something, it's like, can you help me for a second? Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time finding blank. Yes. And yeah. the way that they treat you is completely different than if you just, you know, are cat. Where's, where's your deodorant? I mean, right. you're still going to get yeah. your answer, but you'll you, the, the interactions you have with people are different when you say, hey, man, will you help me? Nobody will say no. Nobody says no. Nobody says no. Yeah. Yes. So jerks and then leave those people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you don't want that person in (laughs) your life anyway. No, but people don't say no. And then you get the help that you need. Yeah. It's so true. But be willing to do your part because you got to pedal the bike. Mm. You know, you can't just be like, take it away. You know, so it's like (laughs) if they're offering help, be be ready to do your part in it. Absolutely. You know, I think that's important because you can't the most sustainable change will cut. You have to do the work. Mm, You know, mm -hmm. I work for Chris Powell. Guess what? Moving here, the weight didn't just fall off because I was in his presence and he doesn't cook my food and he doesn't get me up for the gym. I'm not getting muscles. You have to do the work. And I will ask ask him questions, but I have to do the work, Uh, Yeah, yeah. but it'll be sustainable when it's my job because I did it and you did it. And 
Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel, so Thank much. You. Yeah. I mean, you should stick around for the deep dive, which we are going to get to right now. And in the spirit of time, Chris, um, maybe the next five minutes or so. Yes. Today's deep dive is about what? We're, we're talking taste buds. Okay. And we're talking about how... I didn't lot, think we were going to talk about this today. I like it. <laughs> I, know, I like right? it, though, man. Well, you know, it was, it was really awesome going from some of the deep psychological journey of transformation. Now let's just talk about some of the some of the tactical stuff. Well, because she did mention the bit about, like, you know, bland chicken, boiled yes, potatoes. It's, it's and a, so we, we've set ourselves up nicely <laughs> for this. We certainly did. It's a perfect transition into it because... I, and I think anyone who's who's decided, oh, I'm going to go on a diet, and then they, they start switching out foods to quote unquote healthy foods, unprocessed foods that you're going to find in nature, your root vegetables or your chicken or your cruciferous veggies or nuts or whatever that might be. It's like, Oh, what's the first thing everyone goes? I just, I can't eat food. That's bland. Oh, it's bland. But then it's really interesting because anyone who's actually gone through the process um, when you make the switch and when you actually start removing some of these foods that we would label as hyper palatables, hyper palatables, <laughs> and those are those foods that we tend to love to eat that come from a box or a bag. They're going to be super high in sodium and sugar and fat because obviously the sodium is going to give us that really salty experience. The sugar is going to be all that sweet and the fat's going to give us a really delicious mouthfeel, but it also gives us this massive rush of of dopamine, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, and, and it drives us and motivates us to want to reach for more and more and more of that. But the, here's the thing. When we do that, it desensitizes our taste buds. So when you taste food as it occurs in nature, you can't really taste it because they've already been so heightened and they've been so overstimulated by those hyperpalatables. This is real. Here's the coolest part about this though is that if you ask anyone who say they stopped eating certain french fries or their chips or whatever that is that they they're restricting for a short amount of time because if anyone's going to start on any diet it, re it requires some sort of restriction whether it's a calorie restriction maybe it's not eating a certain kind of food but you, there's some sort of restriction when they do that over a course of time and rachel I, I want you to speak to this so say you stopped eating a certain kind of food for a few weeks and then you go back and eat it does it taste the same or does it taste different? It can, it can taste off. It does. Yeah. A lot of times, and for the most part, a lot of times, um, salty food will taste even saltier. Mm -hmm. Foods that might be higher in fat, they just start to taste really greasy. And then, But when you're eating those real whole natural foods, again, when you first start eating them, they're extremely bland. And then after about a week or two, all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's so, many, so much flavor in these nuts. And oh my gosh, all these different kinds of fruits are just, they're full of different flavors. You start to enjoy all the different kinds of apples or different kinds of grapes. And you start to you know, really break into them and appreciate the flavors. Here's what happens. And check this out. This is the beauty of it. Our taste buds, we have 10,000, average human has about 10,000 taste buds. Each of those taste buds completely regenerates itself every one to two weeks. So let's do the math here. It takes about a week for your palate to slightly change. And so, but most people, they can't forward think that far. And so immediately when they start, they switch over to healthy food. A lot of times it only lasts a couple of days because they're like, I cannot do this. I cannot eat this food. Now, granted, if you just drop the chicken and broccoli and rice and you don't flavor it, unfortunately, we've already had those expectations encoded into our brain. So you have to flavor them. You have to have that, give yourself that kind of flexibility. But it's okay to baby step into introducing more fruit for dessert. You know, if you're trying to like replace your sugar, if you start to... to 
say replace a sh- some sort of sugary food with um, watermelon or frozen grapes or apples or something like that. Just understand that after about a week or, so, or one to two weeks, your taste buds, every single taste bud in your mouth will be completely new and fresh. And so if you introduce a hyper palatable, guess what? You got to wait, wait another week to week and a half before you can really start to enjoy some natural foods. Does that make sense? It makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Yes. And to me, it gives me like mentally, it gives me a, like a superpower. I go, okay, the next seven days are not going to be super fun. I get it when I eat. It's not going to be the tastiest thing in the world, but that's okay. Mind over matter. I'm going to make it seven days so that I can regenerate my taste buds. Bingo. That's exactly what this whole lesson is about. That's the takeaway. That's a great deep dive. Thank you, brother. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. And Rachel, thank thank you. you. You're welcome. Rachel, thank you for having me. So happy you you came on our episode. (laughs) Really good. Thank you. I'm glad. I I hope. I hope it was valuable. In the spirit of connection, it was invaluable. That's what I'm going to tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Next week on our podcast, we're going to sit down with the guy who's created this incredible product to help us be present parents how many of us struggle with that in this age of holding the phone in your left or right hand everywhere you go boundaries around technology how can we improve our mental health how can we improve our relationships we're going to get into that next week on the i needed that podcast my man my man good job yeah, today likewise my brother I likewise needed i needed that i needed this I and needed i didn't that. cry i thought i'd be crying the whole time oh man that, that was fantastic i'm so excited for people to hear this yeah all right we'll see you next week on i needed that have a great day